Hi, and welcome back to the Too Much Lime podcast. I'm Maddie, and I'm coming to you with a solo episode today. And I want to talk about starting something new with chronic illness or health challenges or disability or anything like that. And the challenges that can come up with that and ways that I have helped figure out you know, how to navigate it in a lot of ways. And I am by no means an expert, but the reason that I want to talk about it today is because I started something new. I talked about this a little on the podcast, I think probably in my first episode or so, uh, talking about the fact that I was going to go to law school. And so I officially started at Duke Law School in Durham, North Carolina, three weeks ago. So I moved down and I am very excited about it. I actually did my undergraduate degree at UNC. And the campuses are just maybe 15 minutes apart. So I was able to actually live with the roommates that I had in when I was in undergrad and in the same house. So it kind of gave me some continuity and structure. And I've really appreciated that because it definitely gave me like a support system a little bit too, because I don't really know anyone else. And um, I always say, you know, like nobody fights this alone, um, fights chronic illness alone, disabilities, Lyme disease. I mean, you really do need some support system. And I think a lot of times it can be hard when your support system is much farther away or it's spread out or something like having that immediate support is also really important and something that I've found to be very helpful. And so I'm really glad that that is the case and that I'm able to have that opportunity to live with all of them again. So I guess I'll start with a little rundown. You guys know that I took the year off between my undergraduate degree and coming to law school. And I did a little bit of work, but for the most part, I was just kind of 24 seven doing treatments and trying to heal and put myself in the best situation for going to law school and being able to handle the stress and the workload because it's insane. And it's, you know, it's just, it's a lot. And I knew that it was going to cause, you know, some flare ups and stuff like that. And I wanted to make sure that I was putting myself at the healthiest to start so that hopefully I can, you know, those dips won't take me fully out of commission. And so um, I did a lot of different treatments and I was really not getting any better. And that was really unfortunate and something that I was bummed about because I kind of was hoping I would just be so much better by the end of that year and be able to come into law school, you know, with barely any problems at all and all of that. And, um, that was definitely a challenging realization coming up to maybe the month before I left. I came down here on, I think, the 10th of August. So, you know, coming up for the month before I left, it was just very stressful about, you know, is this still a good idea? Should I do it? Am I strong enough to do it? And I think those are questions that are really common to ask when you're starting something new and you have a chronic illness. Because any deviation from the routine is going to cause you to get sicker. I feel like there's almost no way to avoid that. And so until you get a new routine or you're trying something new that's, you know, taking on a lot more responsibility, which is in my case, you know, you don't know how your body's going to handle it. And I mean, we've all seen, I mean, at least I have definitely, you've seen the bottom of the earth and you don't want to go back there and you don't want to put yourself in a position where you've basically walked voluntarily into the bottom of the earth because you tried something new and you wanted to do it. And um, 
I think that is really hard and something that I was really worried about. Um, thankfully, I actually started to get better the almost the week before I left. I was trying a last little mini treatment that my doctor wanted me to do just to like clean a couple things up in my blood and just see, you know, maybe it'll help. It probably won't because nothing really ever seems to. And of course the medicine made me feel a lot worse because I feel like that's really common for Lyme is, you know, you just don't feel good until you get off it and then you see if it actually helped. Um, and I got off it the day that I moved down here and over the next week or so, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt because you're like, oh, well, of course I feel better because I'm not on the medicine anymore. So you have to kind of remember and think back and then give yourself a little bit of time away from the medicine to see, do I really feel better? And I started to notice that I was not as tired and I was not getting as many headaches and migraines. And that was astonishing to me because I've been treating for three years and nothing that I've ever done has helped with fatigue whatsoever. And I didn't realize, I mean, I knew my fatigue was horrible. Like you, you can't not know that. Like you just go through life exhausted all the time, just not able to get a moment's rest of the unrelenting weight that is in your body. The minute you wake up before you even open your eyes, this crashing sensation of feels like, you know, you're underwater and it's just awful. And it's always like that. And everything you do makes it worse. And by the end of the day, you're just spent or you're napping all the time, all of that. And um, I started to realize that I was recovering much faster from activities that I did. You know, if I was going to the grocery store, I came back and I felt okay. I didn't feel the immediate need to take a nap or when I was waking up, I was, I wouldn't say feeling refreshed, but I wasn't th- that feeling of, oh my gosh, this is horrible fatigue. When I wake up, it wasn't sticking around as long. Um, and that was something I have probably not experienced since I was very little. Um, and I am truly in awe of, I, um, it's not to say that there still aren't bad days or you know, issues with it, but I didn't realize how much of my headspace was consumed with thoughts of fatigue. Because when you're that tired and the exhaustion is that strong, it's in your head 24-7. It's always there. It's taking up so much brain space. When can I take a nap? Oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't stay, I, I can't keep my eyes open. All of those things. And I have so much more space in my head now that that's not the case as much anymore. Um, and I'm, you know, I feel like that's, it can be really hard because you're waiting for the other shoe to drop almost. I'm like, this is too good to be true. You know, it's going to go away. Um, I hope that it doesn't. <laughs> I think it's wonderful to have enough energy to get through the day and to be able to do things that you love. and to have the space to think about other things and, you know, think about things that are actually important instead of just unrelenting fatigue all the time. And, um, so I've been really, really grateful that that is the case because I started school and I'm not going to lie to you. It's insane. It's an enormous amount of work. It never ends. (laughs) Um, the classes are really long. They require a lot of brain power. Um, 
if I was having the fatigue and the level of headaches that I was having before, I don't know that I would have been able to do it. And so um, for right now, that's something that I'm really thankful for. That does not mean that everything has been all sunshine and rainbows. There's still a lot of chronic illness things that are present and, you know, logistically, but also just like how you're feeling in the day to day. And I think um, I'm really want to talk about some of those things today because there are still really hard days and there are still all of kinds, all of the things that I have to do to stay on top of my chronic illness along with being in law school and trying to make sure that I'm being, I'm successful and I'm getting done what I need to get done. And I'm, you know, making the connections that I need to make and, and, and all of those things to be a successful lawyer in the future. And it's really hard and it's, you know, chronic illness just always adds that extra layer or 14 layers to anything that you do when you start something new. If it's starting a new school, a new job, if you're moving, if you're having kids, you know, if you're getting married, anything like that, these big life changes and, and trying something new it's daunting with chronic illness to be totally honest with you and um i was incredibly nervous before i left and i think that if there was a piece of advice that i could give to people in that situation but also people that love them and are experiencing that kind of vicariously through them and and witnessing it would be it is 100% normal to be out of your mind nervous with anxiety before you start something new when you have chronic illness or something. I mean, it's nerve-wracking enough when you don't have those things. When you have the additional layer of will my body handle it? Can I keep up? Will I will, will it trigger a huge flare and, and, and I'll get sick and it'll set me back years? You know, all of those things, it's 100% normal to feel and I think in the beginning I gave myself a lot of um grief for feeling as out of control anxiety that I did, but um what things that really helped were the opportunities that my family and those that I love around me gave me to feel that and validated those feelings and experiences. And so I kind of want to get on here today and and tell you that and try and validate that. If you don't have someone to do that for you in your life, it is 100% okay. And there's not a ton that you can do that's going to ease that anxiety. You know, you can plan ahead as much as you want. You can, you know, make all your lists and, and, you know, make sure that you're as set up as you can be, but there are still so many unknowns with chronic illness that just because you're making your list doesn't necessarily answer the questions of, will my body hold up and, and all of that, that worry that comes with that. And so once I got here, it definitely got better. I mean, obviously I was feeling better, so that was really great, but also just the anticipation anxiety goes away and it's just faced with let's get through this day and that's how I handle a lot of chronic illness and my life in general one of my favorite quotes in the world is just do the next right thing I'm someone because of my illness and my stress response system doesn't really work super well but also just having anxiety and things like that I get overwhelmed very quickly Um, it's very easy for my body to just kind of spin out of control in that way and um, I think when I break it down like that, just do the next right thing that you have to do. It really helps because I'm worrying less about what tomorrow looks like 
for school or for my body and how I'll feel and how I'll handle it and more on what I need to do right now to be successful in this moment. And putting in another caveat here, success is not just financial success or career success or however you know, I feel like our society defines it. It's not that. If I need to be successful right now by taking a nap because that is the most productive thing for me to do right now, then that is me being successful in the moment. And that is me doing the next right thing. And so giving yourself that grace in life, but especially when you're starting something new, I think is incredibly important. And I just, I can't, you know, overstate that enough. Um, so I have been just doing the next right thing every day. And, you know, I have had a couple of days where I called my um, support system and was like, I, I can't do it. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. You know, I'd had a couple of days where I came home and the day really got to me and I was in a lot of pain and I was exhausted and I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to be able to keep up that level of, you know, it's, I think law school is really a grind. It's, it's a grind of three years of, an onslaught of work and reading and professors cold calling you, which if you don't know what that is, they just like randomly call you and start asking questions and stuff like that um, in class. And so it can be really challenging and mentally and, and physically. And when you have your body that's not, you know, up in tip top shape, that can be really hard. And um, my family told me and I thought this, you know, really felt great. And I think anytime somebody's starting something new, this is a great opportunity to give them that grace, but remind them of it because sometimes it can be so hard to see in the moment, but they all just sat there and said, okay, just take it day by day. We'll see how tomorrow works. If, you know, I think the biggest thing that one of my friends, who's like a sister to me, um, that I was with before I came to school was explaining that stopping law school, taking time off, deciding that I couldn't do it, anything like that was not a failure. It was me honoring my body and what it needs. And I've never been good at that. In undergrad, I was told to take time off because I was so sick and I was stubborn and I didn't do it. And in a lot of ways, that was not good for me and that hurt me. And um, I think I've become much better at that especially over this past year of really getting into some like deep healing and figuring out what was important in life and recognizing that and more being in tune with my body and being more respectful of it but i those are the biggest things you know that somebody can say to you is just it is not failure to stop doing something to quit to you know when you start something new and you have a chronic illness and you give it your best shot, it is not a failure. I mean, even if you don't have an illness or something, it's not a failure to walk away from something that's not serving you. You know, you give it, you know, the best that you have and not everything is your cup of tea. And if law school wasn't my cup of tea and I mean, I'm only three weeks in, I still don't really know. Then if I need to walk away at some point, then I need to walk away. And you know, there are a lot of considerations that go into that and, you know, all, all kinds of things, future careers, financially, all of those things that would go into a decision. But when you have a chronic illness and, and your body just won't do it, I think I've 
been very guilty of not listening to my body in that situation. And I'm trying to be much better about it. Um, my doctor and I really had like a long conversation about that before I left um, because all of my doctors and I, you know, I wasn't feeling great before I left. So it was kind of, you know, is this still a good idea? Should you do this? And we all kind of decided that it was going to be give it your best shot and we'll evaluate at certain intervals and, you know, see what we need to do. But that I needed to be really honest with myself and especially with my doctors to be able to understand is this hurting you in a way that are you doing irreversible damage or something like that you know do you need to stop and so i've been trying to keep that in mind but also i'm trying something new and i think one of the biggest things that is a challenge when you're trying something new and you're sick in some way is trying to not let that be the dominant narrative of you trying something new you know like that's not I don't want that to be the main theme that I'm going into this with I don't want that to consume all of my headspace I want to go in like a normal first-year law student who is excited about all of the things that law school has to offer and the places that it will take you and trying not to let illness be a huge part of that and I mean illness will be a huge part of my life probably for a long time and you know, maybe there'll come a point where there, whenever it's not, but I can't necessarily say that it, it, it's not there, but I, I don't want it to be the dominant thing. And so trying to find a really good balance in that has been, you know, it's definitely a balancing act. You have to, you're not going to get it on the first try. You have to, you know, wax and wane and figure it out and what works best for you um and i think a big part of that as well for me is the reason that i decided to go to law school is because i got sick and because i mean if you guys want the whole story go back to my um or actually go back to our first episode ever i think is when julie and i talked about our changing career paths as a result of of being ill and i think for me it's oh it's going to be a dominant narrative in a way but I, because what I'm studying and those types of things are to help people with disabilities and to be able to help the Lyme community through legislation and law so that it affects the greatest number of people. And so it's going to be a dominant force and idea in my mind, but hoping to be a more positive one about why you're doing it and not about how crappy you feel in that moment or all of the extra things that you have to do because of it. And so I think um, I think that's something that I'm working really hard on and I think is very common for people who are starting something new is trying to find that good balance of not letting it overwhelm you and but also so you're allowing, you know, you need to allow yourself grace because you are you do have an illness and you do need to acknowledge that, but trying to also find ways to not let it to let your illness like overpower that special moment of starting something new and um i'm definitely working on that right now i also think that you know one of the biggest challenges i keep saying one of the biggest challenges but just a big challenge i guess for starting something new especially if you're moving or something if you're moving in addition to whatever you're doing when you're sick, that means all new doctors. And 
I've been fortunate that I'm able to stay with some of the doctors that I have in New York where I live, but I also need to establish, you know, more immediate points of care down in North Carolina in case something happens that I need to be seen in person for and I can't have conversations over the phone with my other doctors. And so I think that comes into the case where it's really challenging to have Lyme disease specifically because medical professionals, a lot of them are very skeptical is probably a way to put it nicely. Um, I've been treated very poorly by medical professionals um, and had some really aggressive comments kind of thrown at me repeatedly in doctor's appointments. Um, When you go to someone where you're very vulnerable and you feel awful and you're asking for help and that happens to you, it can be pretty um, traumatizing in a way. And I've definitely one of my like complex PTSD triggers is um, doctor's appointments, not general doctor's appointments. I feel like I go to a thousand a week, so that's not really a problem, but new doctors. Um, and I actually had to meet with a doctor in down here and um, to establish care. And my doctors at home and I did a lot of research to figure out trying to find someone that was not, that was going to treat me well and was not going to trigger a massive, um, you know, like trauma episode in me because I wasn't going to have time to deal with that at school. And um, we did the best we could, but at the end of the day, there's still a lot of questions up in the air. And so I um, I ended up going and I'm so thankful because the office that I went to was great. The doctor that I went to was great. She was able to help me Um, and give referrals to other people that I needed in the area, which was nice because then I know that they're coming from somebody who has and shares the same values and outlook on the medical system that I do. And so really trying, you know, really, really thankful for that. Um, Unfortunately, that does mean that for me, I have um, one doctor's appointment coming up that even though I know it's with a doctor that um, will, will treat me well, it is an appointment that because of some of my past um, traumas is very triggering. And so I made that an appointment on a Friday and hoping that that will be okay to kind of give me the weekend to recover from that in a way before I have to, you know, go back and start school again on Monday. And um, it's just all those little things that you have to prepare for. And there's a lot of extra little pieces when you have chronic illness that you have to make sure you're doing right. Um, you know, I have class every morning at either 8.30 or 9 a.m. And so I had to do a blood draw the other day and it needed to be done at 8 a.m. And that is challenging because then I had to do that and then be able to get to school on time. And, um, you know, so I had to pick the days that I had a 9 a.m. and just hope that I could get it done quick enough. And so, you know, that's getting up extra early and all of those things, you know, the extra little pieces again. And it actually was really great because um, I walked in and nobody was there yet. No other patients were there, but they had this amazing little English cream golden retriever who was a therapy dog for the office. And he came up right up to me and he was so sweet. And, you know, it was one of those like moments of joy that you have, the unexpected joy that you just run into when you think you're just going to a lab draw and you're kind of irritated about it. And I'm already stressed out about having to get to class and all of those things. And it was this little pocket of joy that was so wonderful. And um, 
you know, I think sometimes it's easy to get in the rat race when you're starting something new um, of balancing all of your chronic illness responsibilities with whatever your new things you're starting and all of those responsibilities. And, you know, one day at a time, one day at a time, one hour at a time, all of those things. And you can kind of get in the rat race and it's harder to appreciate the little things in those moments. So I'm also trying to, you know, really take a step back at certain points and understand the larger picture of it all and, you know, find those little pockets of joy and be able to appreciate them in a lot of ways. And so, um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about kind of what's coming up and all of those things. You know, I was able to go to a student activities fair the other day and I got to join a health law society and a law students for accessibility um, society, which is probably the one that I'm most excited about because they bring in speakers that talk about, you know, disability rights and advocacy within the law, but then also they advocate for students with disabilities in the law school. You know, what professors to take that are most accommodating, you know, what resources they have, you know, and just being like a sense of community in that way, which I think is a big reason Julie and I started this podcast is because we believe that community and um, support is so important to this journey. And I'm excited to be able to be a part of that at Duke in the law school and, you know, really make a difference in that way. And I really can't wait about that. So that's something that I'm really excited about. I think a tip that I could give people if, you know, you're starting something new and you have chronic illness, and I'm pretty sure everybody's probably figured this out by now, but work ahead to the best of your ability. If it's, you know, there are not, there'll be things that you can't work ahead for, but plan ahead, working ahead, creating schedules, it reduces my anxiety immensely and then also helps me because if I'm having a migraine or a really bad day of my fatigue's horrendous, something like that, I can sometimes, because I've worked ahead, afford to take the time and not feel like I'm going to be behind then because I can take the time to take the nap, to rest, to take the night off, those things, to make sure that I am, you know, in a, in a good position and still honoring my body and, and taking that slow. And then also, you know, along with the idea of finding little pockets of joy and not getting too stuck in the rat race, you know, I think I, I call it a rat race in a way, but like also I love, you know, I love the idea of take, take it one day at a time, you know, but you also take it one day at a time, but you also need to look up and see the world in front of you and just pause for a second and appreciate it. And um, so I think finding something additionally that's low stress, low commitment, low spoon level, you know, it doesn't require a lot of you is probably, you know, find something like that that helps that's totally different from what you're doing to really take yourself out of it and just be able to appreciate. So um, there's this wonderful woman on Instagram who is a yoga teacher and she I think she's like a million followers or something like that. So many people do her yoga and she does it for free. It's like an accessibility thing for everyone. You know, she's all about modifying it to whatever ability you have. So I love that and that was something that I wanted to do and so I have heard great things about it. I've done a couple of her classes on YouTube sometimes and so I actually decided that that's what I was going to do and I've done it once in the 
11 or so days of September that I, you know, there is one for every day, but I'm being realistic with myself and I'm doing it when I can and I'm not being hard on myself for when I can't. And so I think that is something that will be really helpful for me and something that I think, you know, it's not going to happen all the time. You don't want to add more stress to yourself. You already are starting something new, but it can be really important and an opportunity to center yourself of just doing something that you appreciate, something that you love. It doesn't have to be yoga. It could be anything if you like to paint or, you know, if you love podcasts. I don't know if you're listening to, I've listened to a lot of podcasts in in the car sometimes or just, you know, if you love to pleasure read, you know, anything like that that's going to be low stress, low commitment for yourself and then giving yourself grace. It doesn't have to be something that you schedule all the time. It can just be, I have a little bit of time and I'm feeling okay and I'd like to do this because I'd like to take a step back. And um, that's what I've been trying to do a little bit. And I think it'll be great. Um, I am looking forward to it. So I think those are my big things for starting something new with chronic illness. If you guys have any questions or, you know, if you guys have tips, I would love to hear them. You know, I still, you know, there are days that I'm still struggling and, you know, I am feeling better. I'm very thankful for that. But, you know, you never know how long that's going to last. And I hope it lasts forever. But, you know, we all need the tips and the tricks. And once again, the support of each other to be able to share those you know, those ideas and the things that have worked for you. So feel free to go to our Instagram and and share what works for you in those ways when you've started something new. And, you know, just remember that I am in a situation right now where I am healthy enough to try something new. There have been times in my life where I have, that was not even on the radar whatsoever that I could try something new especially something as stressful as law school, you know, I was no longer in survival mode and I was able to move forward and and try some new things. And that's been really great, but that is not the case for everyone. It doesn't have to be the case for everyone. It's not expected. It's not what you should do. You know, it's just something that I have been able to do and I'm really thankful for. And, you know, a big part of it being that because I've gotten to this place, I'm excited to be able to get my law degree and start working for people who have not been able to get to that place and hopefully helping them, you know, work within the medical system better to, you know, get a little bit better or just even, you know, be treated with more respect and and all of those things. And so I'm really excited about that and I can't wait. I will definitely continue to share little updates with you guys. And Julia and I will be on probably in the next two weeks so this will come out tomorrow i think it's going to come out on a monday for you all so that'll be exciting and then we'll be back together again talking about all of your favorite topics so feel free to send us any if you have an idea that you want to listen to one big caveat that i want to put in here and just exclamation point on it being that the global lime alliance um, gala is coming up in october and they just announced that tickets are now vir- for virtual. It's virtual and in person. So virtual tickets now are free. So it's a wonderful opportunity to get a ticket, um, make a donation, anything like that. They do so, so, so much for the Lyme community through research, all those things. I mean, that study that I was talking to you guys about a few episodes ago and when I had um, the chief scientific officer, Dr. Salati on, he was talking about, it actually just got published of the 
uh, one between Columbia and Copenhagen University talking about mental health and Lyme disease and the really increased prevalence, especially among pediatric patients, um, of uh, mental health when somebody has Lyme disease, mental health disorders and things like that. And you guys know that's a huge part of my journey and something that I was so glad was one of the first times that it's really been documented on a huge you know, scale like that. So it just got published. Um, if you want to read it, I'll put it in the show notes. I will also put the link in the show notes for you to get a ticket for the Global Lyme Alliance to help fund more research like that, more patient support systems and all of the wonderful things that they do. Um, you guys know we do this podcast with them and we're just so grateful for the, everything that they do. So I will put all of that in the notes as well. And yesterday actually was uh, World Suicide Prevention Day. And I just want to bring that up because if you've listened to my episode, I have, as a result of Lyme disease and you know bacteria and inflammation in my brain, I, I had um, a lot of mental health problems in the beginning of my, you know, with first getting sick and all of that. And um, I just think that I've seen some really great progress of people understanding suicidal ideation and um, suicide in general. And I think um, it's one of those things that was very misunderstood. It was very stigmatized. And now we're getting to a place where people are able to ask for help without a lot of shame. And so I just want to bring that up being, you know, check on the people that you love, even the people that seem the happiest and make sure that you're reaching out. Um, I think it's very common for those ideations to come up with people who have long-term debilitating chronic illnesses. Um, And it's, you know, a big part of our community. So we need to acknowledge that and be there for each other the best that we can. Um, You know, validation and support is why we created this podcast. So we hope that that, you know, that this is giving that to you. And if you guys have other things that you want us to talk about or things that would really help you, please send us our way. Um, and, you know, just, you know, we'll check in on each other. Feel free to reach out to us. Julie and I are always here. And um, yeah, just check in on each other and make sure that, you know, we're all doing the best we can. And so, you know, just, you know, be a person who listens and understands and is supportive and validative and all of those things. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in at the end, but we will catch you next time on the Too Much Lime podcast. See you guys.